It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the uh, Hadit podcast. We're here today with our technician stretch and our uh, co-host, Berta Simmons. And today, uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Bill Duckamp. Did I say that name right, Bill? Actually, it's Dahlkamp. Dahlkamp. Right, right. Well, I'll get it You're right. Close. <laughs> <laughs> You're close. You're <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Close enough, Anyway, right. uh Bill's with the support dogs there, and uh, I think they're headed uh, uh, headquarters out of St. Louis. Isn't that right, Bill? That is correct. And uh, it's a wonderful organization. Uh, even uh, T-Bird here, uh, uh, the owner of uh, Had It website, uh, we have been blessed uh, with uh, uh, a wonderful dog. Uh, uh, from support dogs, and and I tell you what, she just loves that dog, and it's been a lifesaver to her. That's great so, to hear. Yeah, oh yeah, she. I mean, tell you, that's her pride and joy. Good. And and it's a good working dog. You know, it it does what it's supposed to do. It it helps keep her mellowed out and out of trouble, and and that's what it's all about. Uh, can you give us a little bit of history about your organization there, Bill? Sure. Yeah, we started actually back um, here in St. Louis in 1983, and when we started, uh, we were uh, specifically raising and training assistance dogs to help uh, people with physical disabilities, so people that couldn't use their hands or their feet um, we would train a dog to open doors for them, pick up stuff they drop on the floor, um, carry their bags, things of that nature. Um, and as time has gone on, uh, we have found that not only the needs of the disability community have changed, uh, but also that dogs can do different things as well. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in the late like 1990s, early 2000s, uh, we started a hearing dog program for people that are deaf or hard of hearing and the dogs alert to sounds in their environment if they can't hear them, like the doorbell ringing or a fire alarm going off and such. And then our most recent program is our psychiatric service dog program, uh, which is what uh, Teresa has received. And this is uh, aimed at really helping military veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, help take control of their lives or get, a, get them back, so to speak. Uh, we train the dogs to be a grounding mechanism uh, for the client. Um, the dog actually acts as a second set of eyes for them. Uh, the dogs will watch behind the person when they're out in public. Uh, they can look through doorways and around corners and alert the person if somebody is there. Uh, if they're out in public, they can sit in such a way that it creates a bubble 
around that person. So if they're in a crowded area, people really right, aren't right up on that person. Um, and then what we have found, we don't train for, uh, but a lot of our veterans tell us that um, with nightmares and such, uh, that the dogs help wake them up from nightmares and really kind of just brings them back to a reality and gives them something to focus on and kind of, you know, regrounds them, so to speak. Well, there's a lot to that training. How long does it tra- take to train a dog, Bill? It takes about two years. Uh, we use Labrador Retrievers and Golden Retrievers. Uh, we bring them into the program when they are ideally about eight weeks of age. And then they go into the program. Uh, we put them either in a volunteer home or we have two prison programs that we use where we have inmates raising dogs for us. And... Um, the dogs are raised and all the basic skills are put on. Um, that takes about a year and a half. And then the last four to six months, the dogs are actually turned back over to support dogs. And our trainers here on staff then put on all the practical skills. And that's when we find out also what job, if you will, that the dog's going to be best for, whether it's a service dog, a hearing dog, or a psychiatric service dog. So. When all of that is said and done, the dog is usually around the age of two uh, when it's placed with the client. Um, on, on this, uh, you say it takes a couple of years to train a dog. How, how many dogs have you been able to play since, since your organization's uh, been <clears throat> generated? Well, um, well over 400. Um, As you can hear my dogs, sorry about that. (laughs) They're in the background here. Um, uh, Well over 400. Right now we're placing on average of 18 to 20 a year. Um, But since the organization, since they started, they, um, about, I'd say a little over 400. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, that's yeah. helping a lot of people. <clears throat> and I know uh, I've, I've seen support dogs uh, uh, out here in the field, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in the public, and they're extremely well-behaved, and, and you can tell they're uh, uh, very well-trained. So... Well, and that's part of it. I mean, you know, when we when we place the dog, they have to go not only do all of their skills, but, you know, there's, you know, the behaviors and their obedience. When we place a dog with somebody, we want it to work for that person, but we also want the dog to be appropriate to be out in public so people don't have to worry about the dog, you know, barking or acting the way it shouldn't. Um, that's part of That's part of the training. Uh, yeah, and and I think do you find that uh, uh, while a a per individuals working with a dog, I mean you know they're out and about. Mm-hmm. Do you find that other people always want to come up and pet this animal and 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 uh, intertwine, you know? Uh, 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 does that seem to be a problem? I've read that's that's a major problem, a major issue with a lot of people. 
It, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's the the down. I guess the downside, if you would call it a downside, uh, with um, having an assistance dog is that um, you draw attention to yourself. Um, and we actually tell people that, especially people that are um, getting a hearing dog or a veteran with PTSD. Um, essentially, those are invisible disabilities. Um, so, you know, if you saw somebody out in public or saw them, you would not know that they may have an issue. Uh, but when they get a dog, it kind of lets people know, okay, there's something that, that this person has that they need this dog for. Um, one of the things we try to do to help uh, the client is uh, with some of our dogs, we put on a cape that says it's a working dog, do not pet. Um, we talk to them when uh, they're actually getting their dog about things they can say or not say. Uh, we try to tell the general public that, you know, these dogs are focused on their person and they're focused on a job and you can't just go up and pet somebody's dog. You really need to ask first. That is really a matter of common courtesy and respect. And, you know, the person might say, sure, you can pet the dog. You know, they know their dog better than, than, than the general public. Or they might say, no, you can't pet the dog. Um, and then the general public has to respect that. But, um, you know, it's kind of, I guess, a novelty or out of the ordinary when somebody might be out at the mall or a grocery store and you see a dog. You just don't see that every day. So naturally it draws attention. So... Uh, we, you know, like I said, we, we we talk to the clients and teach the clients on things they can say to try to help keep people at bay. But um, I think that's unfortunately one of the issues that they have to deal with when they get an assistance dog to help them out. Well, I know I've been out. Of course, I, I know better, so I don't, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I don't try to intermingle with the animal. But, and uh, they're also well behaved. It's it's. Uh, to some people, it's just uh, natural. They want to reach down and pet the dog, and and uh, but if you know it's a working dog, uh, I'd like the audience to know that uh, uh, don't don't try to intermingle with the animal, uh, and unless the owner, uh, the controller of the dog. Uh, uh, says it's okay. I mean, yeah. you ought to at least ask. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's you know, it's a matter of common courtesy, and really, <clears throat> you know, we look at it as um, almost like a piece of equipment, if you will. Um, you know, the person has a disability or an issue, and that dog is there to help them with that. You know, it'd be no different than if somebody was in a wheelchair. Uh, you wouldn't go up to somebody and just start touching their wheelchair. That would just be rude and inappropriate. It's the same thing with the dog. So, um, you know, just ask first. And if the person, you know, says, yes, you can pet, great. And if not, you have to accept that because, you know, we I think people forget that these are still dogs. You know, they're not perfect. You know, they love the attention and such, but they're, really trying to focus on their person and what that person needs, and we want to do everything we can to set that dog up for success to help their person. Well, yeah, and you don't want the dog being distracted by uh, something else and and uh, it, it not being in a position to perform its duty. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's a lot to say about that. Oh, I see we have uh, T-Bird in here. T-Bird, do you have a question or a comment? Oh, i just like to welcome Bill back to the show. It's always great to have you. I know you have a lot of exciting things going on with support dogs. You're building a new facility. You're involved in the Give St. Louis Day, which is May 6th. That's a all across the country. It's a national nonprofit giving day, and uh, I volunteered to help support dogs out with that. And uh, so they're going to have something in St. Louis at Forest Park at the trolley room, and I'll be there for a couple hours with Cinder. And let me just tell you something about support dogs. When you do that two weeks of training with them, there is not a thing they do not cover. From the food goes in here and it comes out here to what do you do if somebody refuses to serve you. And what support dogs tell me to do is if they refuse to serve you uh, and you feel up to it, you can explain the ADA law and that you're allowed to bring the dog in. If they don't want to go along with that, you just leave the restaurant you call Bill, and you say, hey, such and such wouldn't let me in, and then he'll take care of it. Yep, that's what we do. That's what I was told, and yeah. so far I haven't had to use it. People yeah, a lot of, nice. Yeah, a lot of times people, you know, unfortunately there's still people out there that, you know, they don't know about assistance dogs or they think that the only assistance dog is for somebody that's blind, you know. So when they see a dog that's out with somebody that, you know, may appear to be able-bodied or appear not to have a disability, uh, I think a lot of times people or businesses think that somebody's just trying to bring in their pet. So uh, we do say that to all of our clients, you know, that if they are asked to leave or denied access in any place of public accommodation uh, to contact us here at Support Dogs, and then we advocate for them. And more times than not, it's just a matter of education, which is a good thing. Um, And we've had several businesses um, in town, I don't want to say change their policies, but actually broaden their policies because they learned about this, this new assistance dog, learned about it as part of the law, and uh, once we kind of get involved, usually then our clients don't have any issues when they go back. It's a lot about education. And I uh, have a comment? Go Uh, ahead. uh, uh, Thanks, Risa, uh, for bringing that up right away. Uh, Bill, you probably are aware of that uh, situation, I call it discrimination, of a veteran uh, recently in Texas where that law was signed, uh, it, it has really been more, um, it has been broader than the actual ADA law. I downloaded these laws this morning. Uh, this was a veteran, and I feel that if he was like, identifying himself as a disabled veteran in some way, because I guess the service dogs uh, don't wear um, any uh, cameo or anything like that. <laughs> But uh, he actually had the law and was kicked out of a restaurant. It was a Chinese restaurant. He had the law on him, and he called a police officer, and the police officer was not aware of the law. 
Uh, to me, I think he should file a, a complaint right away with the ADA. But that's me because I'm so I, I'm just so disgusted when these things happen. Uh, but it could have been a lot of things. It was a Chinese restaurant. There could have been a language barrier. But I live uh, close to the best, the AMC. We have a Chinese restaurant within walking distance of the domiciliary and the uh, hospital itself. Uh, patients, employees, volunteers like me, we go to that restaurant. They're up on the law because they could lose their business, a good part of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, what, what state are you in? Uh, you're not in Texas. No, we're right? in Missouri. Oh, I'm sorry, Missouri. Uh, mm-hmm. Has Missouri uh, developed its own state law through the Division of Human Rights? Or, uh, Bill, do you feel that the uh, new ADA laws cover uh, any potential discrimination? Well, uh, they, yeah, well, <laughs> the answer to your question is yes and no. Um, I think the laws are the laws are there. Some of them are a little bit more vague than others. Um, some of them are open to more interpretation than others. <clears throat> but the law does state definitively that you know assistance dogs um, and, and you know I want to say that assistance dogs that meet the qualifications of an assistance dog under the ADA. You know they have requirements of what an assistance dog should be and what it should do. Yeah. Um, but assistance dogs are allowed in any place of public accommodation. Um, so restaurants, you know, are are one. You know, if the general public can come in, then a person with an assistance dog can come in. Um, what's happened over the years is that most of the state laws and even local laws have all been rewritten or redone, so to speak, to really mirror the federal laws. And so they all really now work a lot in conjunction with each other. Uh, Before, you had, uh, we used to have to give a book to all of our clients, um, especially to our clients that traveled because the laws differed from state to state. And so they would have to have this book, and then they would have to see, okay, if I'm going to Nebraska, these are the laws in Nebraska. If I'm going to Texas, these are the laws in Texas. Well, now everybody's is pretty much the same, which is good. Uh, But the federal law, like I said, states, you know, places of public accommodation. And there are some people that you can tell them the law, and they simply disregard it. You know, they just want to deny service. And in that case, that is discrimination. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I would my say, concern as, is if they know this is a <coughs> veteran who served our country, mm-hmm. to me it is a blatant discrimination under ADA against a veteran as well as against a disabled veteran. Yeah. So, so there's a lot to it. But uh, there, I hope yeah. it's not a big problem. I think, like you said earlier, this is a matter of education. It's not, uh, I don't think people want to blatantly discriminate. They just simply don't know better sometimes. Yeah, like I said, most people don't. Most people don't. And, you know, once you talk to them, and um, I think people want to do what's right. You know, one of the things that we are dealing with now as an organization and also as an industry is um, businesses are contacting us because there is an epidemic, if you will, of people uh, bringing in dogs that aren't service dogs and saying that they are. And so uh, Uh. what's happening now is um, 
Assistance Dog International, which is an accrediting organization. We are accredited through them as well as um, many, many, many others throughout the United States. Um, Assistance Dog International, they're the ones that work with the Department of Justice to incorporate the assistance dog laws into the American with Disabilities Act. And what they're trying to do now is to get some kind of federal um, classification or federal identification that's standard across the board for those agencies, you know, that have legitimate assistance dogs so that businesses will know um, if somebody's bringing in a dog, is it really an assistance dog or is it just their pet? So, you know, most, most businesses want to err on the side of caution and so they let everybody in because they don't want to discriminate against anybody. So uh, you kind of have both sides of the coin there. You have people that know about the law and still won't let you in, and you have others that will let everybody in because they don't want to break the law. You know, So there's still a lot of work to be done, and it's being done. It's just unfortunately it's slow. Um, you know, Just with yeah. everything else, it's slow. But hopefully, you know, because... You know, if there is some kind of federal identification or federal recognition of what an assistance dog is, that's only going to help the clients of support dogs as well as clients of other agencies and kind of make the path a little bit easier. But I think, you know, you will always have somebody that's going to say no, somebody that's going to discriminate, knowingly discriminate. And um, if that is the case, I would say, you know, to your point, contact uh, your local ADA office, you know, file a yeah. and um, kind of let that go through the proper channels. I mean, there's a lot more yeah. weight, I think, uh, for uh, a penalty coming from the government or from a local yeah. municipality than just a person saying you're breaking the law, you know. Absolutely. You answered my uh, part of my second question, too, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think it's just... Uh, awful to know that there are dogs that are wannabes, <laughs> in other words, that people would actually use a dog and pretend it is there, their service dog. There, there, are <laughs> more, there are more people that are wannabes than dogs. Yeah, the oh, dogs I, have I'm no sure. choice. <laughs> yeah, the dogs have no choice. It's the people that are the wannabes. Verda, can I just bring something up because this is so in line with the ADA stuff? Um, you know, uh, I got Cinder, February was our one-year anniversary, and a lot of things have changed for me. And uh, so I'm I'm planning on doing a little traveling, which everyone knows as far as I travel is backyard, but I'm actually <laughs> to leave the state this year at some point. And so I went on to Amazon and I bought 50 of these laminated cards that list the federal law and they say I am a service animal and my right to accompany my handler is protected by federal law. And then it lists the law, lists the questions they're allowed to ask. I got 50 laminated ones because I figured I might be going into places I haven't been before and I can give them the card, leave it with them, show it to them, and uh, and that might ease my path as I go along. Plus, I, I have a, a, you know, a certified badge, which I believe all support dogs and uh, people have, I don't know if all organizations have, with a picture of me on one side and Cinder on the other side saying that we're certified and we have to get certified every year. 
So I'm hoping these cards will be helpful. And uh, so that's what I... Well, they can't I, I, hurt. They can't hurt. No. And, and uh, I figure... What the heck? People always want to see official documentation. So I'll just yeah. give them something official. Yeah. And you got you got them at Amazon. Uh, I got them at Amazon. That, that, that's just incredible. And I made a note of that because I deal with a lot of local tree. Amazon that, that's just has incredible. a ton of stuff for service animals. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. They got patches. They got these little cards. They have some other stuff. They got tapes and support dogs provide their own capes. I don't have a cape. I have a harness because uh, besides PTSD, my sender always also helps me with my balance. And uh, I was very concerned about not her not having a cape uh, because I thought people would deny me access because she just had a harness. But they explained to me that that's the same as having a cape. Uh, so, and so far, no one's really questioned me. The comments I get at restaurants are mostly, I didn't even know there was a dog here. Oh, uh, good. We like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the way it should be. Uh, I never knew there was, I didn't know you even had a dog here. How does your dog not come up on the table? I'm like, well... You know, it's not me, it's support dogs. And so, um, and let me tell you how supportive support dogs is. Um, a few months back, I had to get my one-year certification, and we had to do it at the mall. So I went to the mall, and I sat down at a table behind uh, Cindy Blanky was doing the certification, and she was with another couple with a service dog finishing theirs up, and I'm sitting at a table kind of paying attention to Cindy, and what I didn't realize is that behind me there were like four adults, grown adults, (laughs) who started holding food down on the floor and calling my dog over to them. And Cinder, I guess, took it for about as long as she could, and then she went for the pretzel. So, which really shook me up, you know, because she never breaks from me. And Cindy went over and was very firm with them and, you know, explained to them, look, you know, if you do that, this woman could fall and break her hip, you know. This is not fun and games time. This is a a working animal that she depends on. And then we went through... Uh, the recertification, but my nerves were shot at that time. And if I'm anxiety-filled, then so is Cinder because she picks up on my emotions. So I did not do so well on the recertification. And do you think that was a failure to Cindy Blanky? No, not a failure. Mm-hmm. Cindy just said, well, you know what, I'll a couple of weeks, I'll come over once a week and we'll take a walk. We went to Walgreens, we went to Schnucks on another one. And then she could see how I handled my dog 
and and everything was fine, you know. In the store, I handled her fine. In the walks, I handled her fine, and uh, and so I was successful. And so when Bill says they set the dogs up for success, they also set the people up for success. I was so I was just stricken that I messed up that test. And then Cindy just popped over to my house for two or three weeks, and we went here and went there, and everything was okay, and we're back on track. And that is a caring organization because they know how difficult it is for me to leave my house. She came right to my house. It was wonderful. And I'm back on track. Good. But you can't really Teresa, the dog has changed your whole life. I, I can sure verify that. I still have the picture of you walking at night in what looks to be like a small park. With yeah, thunder. a small park in front of the arch. Yeah, I, and that that so, picture said a thousand, more than a thousand words. It was incredible. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. really. It felt yeah. incredible, too. I'm standing in the dark. At night, outside, yeah, yeah, with my dog. It was just people don't realize what a huge mountain that was to climb. Boy, but Boy. it was big. And I'm now look at me. I'm glad she's you to do that. Huh? I said I'm glad she's allowing you to do that, and you're getting out and about and uh, embracing more of what you couldn't do before. You know, that's incredible. Oh, it is incredible. I actually got invited uh, to Mexico next year uh, to stay a few weeks with a friend who just bought a home down there. And I really think it's possible. I'm planning for it. That would have never happened before. Never happened. So, life-changing and it's yeah. like I get, the the speech I gave at the fundraiser last year it says it all, and it's it's up on the web. It's on my YouTube channel and various other places. And and the big theme of that is it is truly a transformational experience. It's not a. It's just so much more than getting a service dog that helps you. It's it's the dog, it's the training, and it's the people, the people that work at support dogs and the volunteers at support dogs. I mean, I swear to God, if we could bottle this and put it in the water at the VA, we would have better help. <laughs> yes. Yes. May I comment on the VA? Uh, Please. Uh, keeper briefly. Uh, Bill mentioned the uh, Assistant Dogs International Accredited Agent. Uh, agency, uh, and you are a member. Correct. I mean, right, I'm glad you said that uh, because it's a VA website, and, and of course this is for our veterans out there who are listening in uh, throughout it. Uh, at VA.gov, I'll put the link uh, after the show uh, on our website, and your link too to your, uh, I think your link is there, but I'll put it there again. Okay. Uh, your organization. Uh, under health services, uh, it's service and guide dogs, uh, uh, they have a little bit of information there about them, 
because uh, if a veteran um, requests a service dog, uh, the VA uh, will can approve or disapprove of the request for whatever reason. But I imagine a lot of those requests are approved. And uh, then they are referred by the VA to the Assistant Dogs International list of accredited agencies. Uh, there's only three agencies mentioned at the website, but they say there are more. And so I, I would there imagine that anyone... Huh? Not for PTSD dogs. The VA does not is not doing PTSD dogs. Oh, they're not. No, they're I, not. I, I called them while I was in training at Sport Dogs. Yeah. And I said, look, you know, they're accredited agency. My doctor signed off on it. My therapist signed off on it. All, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, Boeing paid for, you know, sponsored my dog. So I said, all I want to know is if I can get veterinary care, which is what they give if you have a service yes. dog. And they said, no, they don't do PTSD dogs. I'm uh, absolutely uh, shocked. And I said, well, I also <laughs> use it for mobility. And they said, well, we could give you a cane. So uh, that, that was my uh, experience with that. Uh, Unless something has changed. Yeah, that, uh, that I, I don't know. Yeah. We can give you a Xanax and Seroquel and a cane, and you'll be calm, and you'll be able to lean on the cane not to fall over. Well, oh my God! I just gave up. I just, you know, I was like, uh, you know, okay, fine. They did for a short period of time approve PTSD service dogs. There was a very short window of time that they approved them. Then they said they had to do a study to see how well, if they had any, what do they call it, you know, proof that it really works. But then I don't know who they, they, whoever was supplying the service dogs, they felt the service dogs weren't being treated correctly. So they shut the study down, decided not to reopen it, the last I heard, and it just went off the radar. I am stunned because recently on Fox News, uh, particularly in the last couple of months, uh, they always uh, have any news regarding veterans that they can <laughs> get on the air. Usually too early in the morning, though, the, most of the public never sees these shows. But uh, a lot of uh, the, the men that I, I, I don't think I've seen a woman yet on the show with a service dog, a veter- female veteran, but the male veterans are uh, most of them have been OES veterans who not only have physical disabilities but mental disabilities, PTSD, and have been quick to say how that dog will keep them calm at night if they have nightmares or flashbacks. And actually, uh, what you said too, Cheaper, the dogs pick up on their emotional state. And, and, and they, they credit, I've heard these disabled vets credit the dog for keeping them calm. But I had no idea how, well, should I be surprised that the VA is not in support? You know, no, isn't you it more, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I guess it is easier and maybe they think cheaper just to um, send pills out, you know. It, well, it is cheaper it, to it, give you a cane and Xanax. It's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. It's paying pills. So, so what? Uh, 
Go ahead, Bill. No, I didn't know if you were asking me a question. You're kind of cutting out a little bit. I was. I, I didn't know if you were asking me a question or not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so that uh, there was a short period of time where they were doing PTSD dogs, but if your dog is strictly for PTSD, no, they told me. And if your dog is like for balance, also, uh, if they if if there's if they can give you prosthetics. Uh, you know, a cane or a crutch or whatever, uh, they'll do that before they'll do a dog. And, you know, it's a real shame that people can't see Cinder and I together in my therapist's office during a therapy session because that is where she shines. My therapist is just amazed by her. She is so... In, she's way more in tune with my emotions than I am because I can be very angry or getting upset about something and I sound exactly like I sound right now because I'm so hmm. disassociated from my feelings. But Cinder picks up on them and she gets up from her down and she lays her head on my leg or she starts, you know, trying to get my attention or lift my head up if I'm hanging it down, and my therapist is just blown away. She would actually be a good good speaker for you if you could get her. Because she has Boy. several clients with uh, uh, PTSD dogs. Uh, she actually has a woman who was one of the only women in St. Louis to get a PTSD dog under the VA's guidelines before they changed them. Hmm. Oh. So uh, that is really, I mean, she's impressive all the time to me, but inside my therapist's office, really impressive. And I have to, you know, my therapist and I have worked for a year now. I'm learning to pay attention to her because she's letting me know when things are starting to go bad for me before I realize it. Ah. And then I just uh, do some breathing and pet her. And then that uh, just grounds me and I come right back down. Oh, that's wonderful. That shows you right there the need. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really miraculous. It's really Boy. miraculous. Boy, I'm, I'm stunned, Bill, <laughs> because, you know, if if uh, these dogs were being offered to PTSD veterans who may not have any physical disability but are dealing with, I know it's a horrific disability, PTSD, you know, it, it would mean more veterans would be able to get service dogs. You know, this is just, yeah. it doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, that's why, you know, we, not, that's not why we started the program, but, you know, you know, we're an option. You know, if they can't get it from the yeah. VA, they can certainly get it from us. You know, we don't charge for our dogs, which I think is something important to say. Oh, um, that's definitely of, important to say. And yeah, tell them because, how much those dogs cost to be trained by the uh, time the, you get them to uh, a person. Uh, we just actually did, uh, obviously we do an audit every year because uh, we are required to do so. And, uh, the latest figure is nineteen thousand seven hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Boy, boy. <laughs> yeah, so almost twenty thousand dollars. You know, and like um, 
Teresa said, you know, we have sponsors like Boeing that will underwrite. Nestle Purina has underwritten dogs. Uh, plus people, you know, give donations and this and that. So, you know, if anybody needs a dog that has PTSD, you know, we can provide them that. And then we also, uh, typically with our dogs, we have um, anybody that applies, there's an application fee and then there's an equipment fee. Um, but we have a fund that is set up, so if somebody wants to use monies from that, they can. So really it costs somebody nothing to get a dog if they really want to get one. We we think that, you know, you can't put a price on independence. You just can't. You know, and if somebody's not willing to pay or not able to pay or if um, their income is very low, uh, we don't want to deny anybody that. And so that's why we're able to do what we do and, and very happy to do it. So I think everybody that's listening needs to know that, that, you know, there's a, there's a free option, you know. Out right. There. The, the, the David fund is uh, paid for all my equipment. And my equipment was a little more expensive because of the harness I had. The harness itself was $500. And Bill called me into his office, told me about the David fund, and asked me if I wanted to use it, and I said, yes, what do I have to do, because I'm used to the VA, and he said, nothing, that's it, that's all, you're done. There were no forms to fill out, no more inter- round of interviews with people, just boom. And it really, because that was just, you know, financially, I was really strapped at the time, and and I'm, I do what I can to give back to support dogs as much as possible. But so I went in there, paid my $100 application fee, which I think is a good idea because it makes you get serious yeah. about the application. And it also allows them, you know, a little bit of work and money because they're going to have to take time out to interview you. I had two interviews Uh, Most people have one. I had two because uh, my PTSD has so affected me (laughs) that when they were asking me things about what do I think is possible, what would I like to... I was so limited in my thinking that I had to go home and really think outside the box, very difficult and very different for me and then come back to them with what my little goals were, my medium goals, my large goals, and God, wouldn't it be grand if I could do this goals? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it, it was just, it's, it, it was a wonderful experience, and it continues to be a wonderful experience, not just with Cinder, but also with the Support Dogs organization. I love those people. So please, go on. But I wanted to cover that with you, Berta, because I knew you were asking that question about, you know, the cost associated and people getting turned down. I mean, if you walk in to a restaurant and your dog does not have a service dog tape on or harness, there really isn't anything obvious telling the person that it's a support dog. Unfortunately, yeah. Bill can tell you 
there's about a bazillion different companies that you can buy these capes from that don't need to see any kind of certification at all. So then we got a whole bunch of people just buying capes and sticking them on their dogs. So why? Well, you know, really, I don't know what you know. I, I I don't even know how to approach that problem. Well, like I said before, and I don't know if you were on or not, but. You know, Assistance Dog International, they're working right now uh, with all their agencies and, you know, we're petitioning the government and hopefully, you know, if not to get these websites taken down, to get some kind of federal identification that people will know what's a legitimate assistance dog and what's not, you know. Oh, absolutely, because, yeah. you know, it's scary for me as a service dog owner because if I go into a restaurant and there are other dogs in there which are supposedly service dogs, but they're not service dogs, and they attack my dog, I, you know, it's bad. I mean, because yeah. you just, you know, I, even, I, won't, I don't even take Cinder into PetSmart because I don't know how other people are bringing up their dogs. But that's just, I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. So, slowly but surely, headways being made. You know, we're just not there yet, but I'm glad that the problem is being addressed and being addressed by people that can actually affect the change, which is good too. That is true, Bill. And mm-hmm. Bill, w- would you like to take a few minutes and talk about your participation in the Give St. Louis Day, and then maybe give us an update on your new facility, or have you already done that? No, I haven't done that. Yeah, we are participating in the Give St. Louis Day. It's on May 6th, and that's actually National Philanthropy Day. And so um, I think everybody will be hearing, no matter where they are, uh, will be hearing about it. And um, it's it's just a big push for everybody, you know, that wants to be philanthropic or wants to help support an organization um, to do so. And I haven't really been involved with a lot of the planning, but I do know that here in St. Louis, as you mentioned, you know, we will be going down uh, for an event at the Trolley Room in Forest Park. Uh, it will be an all-day event, actually, but certain people will be there at certain times. And the, the Greater St. Louis Community Foundation um, is actually sponsoring this. And so, uh, they will have times where if you make a donation between this hour and this hour, they will match it. Uh, there will be times where companies will match, uh, so you can actually make your donation go further. But it's really just a push to you know support your local uh, nonprofit organizations. And I know they have media blasts that will be coming about, so everybody will be able to find out where and when and how that you know that that's going to come about. Um, in regards to our new facility, uh, we are wrapping up our capital campaign, and we are going to uh, build a new facility. The one that we have here now is just rented space, and really, it's just become too small for what we do. And so, uh, we're going to build a new facility that will be larger, so that we can. Uh, place more assistance dogs with people who need them and actually expand all of our programs. We do have other programming beyond the assistance dog program. And unfortunately, the waiting list has become very long for all of them just because we don't have space to accommodate. So 
we should actually be putting shovels in the ground here anytime soon. So uh, once that happens, uh, you know, it will happen, and we anticipate the new facility being open probably uh, very early next year. So a very exciting time for us. It is very exciting, and uh, yeah, you you really are outgrowing mm-hmm. your uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> facility. Uh, it's a nice facility, don't get me wrong, but yeah, we just we need more big, room, and the clients are growing. Yeah, right. Now, uh, I just like to put in that if anybody wants to get involved in their local uh, day of giving. Uh, they can go to givelocalamerica.org and find out where uh, uh, events are going on in their local area. And uh, they can get involved. They can go to the events. They can call in and donate through uh, the different cities' websites to their favorite nonprofit. And it's a a day where you can be a philanthropist, and uh, I, I think any day I can be a philanthropist is a great day, and I hope everybody joins me in in giving something, even ten bucks if you can yeah, afford anything. it. Anything, anything well, else. And doesn't have to be to support dogs in St. Louis. I mean, like I said, it's all over the nation. Some city everywhere has got something going on. So just as Truthy would say. Dig deep. Dig deep, yes. Give. Give, give, give. Truthy is how old, Bill? Uh, I want to say eight or nine. I could be wrong, but, I mean, she's young, but she's got a good head on her shoulders, that's for sure. She's a little girl who knows what she wants. (laughs) I'm telling you, Truthy was in my class. She was born with Larson syndrome, so... Basically, all her joints were like double jointed, and she couldn't. Her knees bent backwards. She had several surgeries. She, when I was in class with her, she walked with a uh, walker, uh, but she was always like beeping me because I was just going too slow for her. She was fast, very, very fast, and uh, I think the most wonderful news I got when it started snowing was that this was the first year that Truthy was able to take off her metal braces and make snow angels in the snow. Uh-huh. And during training, according to her mother, was the first time she got out of her wheelchair by herself. She got out of her wheelchair by herself to crawl on the floor and lay with her head on her chocolate boy a beautiful chocolate lab named Stover. And uh, it, it it still kind of chokes me up to think about it. She's an incredible little girl, and, I, I, and, uh, and it's just an example of uh, the incredible people that are, I mean, <laughs> she has no idea she's disabled. I no, mean, she doesn't let it stop her at all. Nothing stops her. Nothing stops her. And uh, there were just a lot, just I've met a lot of great people. So good. We think you're great too. So we appreciate everything <laughs> you do for us. You, we really do. I mean, I can't say thank you enough. You're welcome, Bill. Uh, I uh, 
very, very impressed with your organization. I, uh, you know, and I, you know, the whole PTSD dogs and the VA, that issue doesn't have to die. Uh, uh, if somebody gets involved with trying to get the VA to do that, and it seems to me there was a congressman, I think it was Al Franken, that was trying to get uh, this law approved to give PTSD veterans service stocks for their PTSD, but I guess it failed. Well, it's going back and forth. I think they're it's looking at it again. Forth. Yeah, I think they're looking at it again, but it's just it's really just kind of not there yet. So it's astonishing to me because so many PTSD veterans have agoraphobia. They they cannot leave their dwelling. They're, right. You know. Uh, yeah. But I think, before, uh, you know, I think a lot of Americans don't understand that it's not that we just want to stay home. Uh, it's just a lot of times physically impossible to make ourselves go out. Yeah. I mean, it's like an invisible cage in your house. And as I walk out my back door, the further away I get from my back door to my, just to my car in the, in the driveway, the anxiety starts and starts and starts. And, uh, but then you know. But then I got a then I got a potty sender, and then I got to take her harness off, and I got to get her in the car, and then I then I got to go someplace, and I got to look around the parking lot, not because I'm looking to see where I may or may not be ambushed, but where's it going to be easy to take Cinder out, and where's she going to have a place to potty, and it's just it's really changed a lot of things for me. I think it's about time here we take a little short commercial. Uh, We have a uh, a commercial here we ought to play. You're listening to the HadIt.com radio show. HadIt.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind, not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, out there, be sure to uh, go to the Hadit website. Uh, there's a lot to be learned, especially if you're dealing with any veterans' issues. And our call-in number here, should you want to call in uh, with any questions or comments, are 347 237-4819. Now, that call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. If you have a, a question or a comment about uh, support dogs, don't hesitate. Now's the time to call in and, and, and uh, get some good information. So... Uh, uh, back to you, T-Bird. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, we wanted oh, to get no, that, uh, that, that commercial in. will be all over you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get dog bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'd like to add, uh, you know, since we have some time here, uh, uh, 
Bill, do you still have time? Or are we keeping you um, I'm going to have to cut it out of here pretty quick, if that's all okay. right. Oh, that's fine. That's yeah, I have fine. a uh, another meeting to go to. <laughs> it's always a yeah, meeting, I, meeting, meeting. I understand completely. Well, it, Berta, it, if you and Gerald would stay with us, let's uh, say goodbye to Bill, and then uh, we can chit-chat a little bit about what Bill brought to the table. And, okay. Uh, I, can, I, I have an appointment uh over at the VA. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know we'd be running uh, over the hour, but I can stay with you for uh, a good few minutes there. I just want to say on the air, www.supportdogs.org. It's an excellent website, Bill. You've got a lot of information there. Thank you. And, thank you. Uh, and, and, and thank you for thank publishing, you for publishing your, financial your financial report. report. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because a lot of uh, organizations don't do that. We are. We do it full transparency, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bill, for coming on. I hope we can get you back on sometime soon. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. It's a pleasure, always a pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with y'all and share a little bit about what we do and really encourage everybody that might be interested or just wants to take a look, either uh, – Check out our website, you know, at supportdogs.org, or call us at 314-997-2325. We'd be happy okay. to talk to people. Sounds wonderful. Oh, by the way, do you have any dogs trained to do gardens? I'm fixing to put in a garden. <laughs> they can probably dig it up for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They can roll it around, too. That's yeah. what like. Exactly, yeah. Like, They'll mess it up. Like, no problem. <laughs> like to flatten out that patch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Bill. Well, thanks for coming by. And, all right. You all uh, have a great day, okay? Yeah, you and Thank you. And all right. We'll talk bye. to you all soon. Thanks again for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay, Bill. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Okay. So we Berta, have... <clears throat> uh, uh, I guess we ought to wrap it up. But Berta, you know, I know you're very interested in these, um, in the support dogs, and, and and I'm wondering if you got all your questions answered today that you were curious about the last time we talked. Yes, uh, I learned a lot, Keeper. I learned a lot from him. Uh, it, it's just incredible. Uh, his organization, and uh, I certainly am a witness to the fact of how effective they are because of you. Uh, uh, what uh, you you were on a show um, maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago? I don't remember. Gerald would remember uh, where you did talk about uh, Cinder quite a bit, and it was so thrilling. Uh, I just hope all of our vets uh, listen to these shows because. Uh, well, I put a little um, thing 10 minutes to showtime and had it in the main forum this morning because I just said at the top, we never know when we might need this type of help in the future. I mean, nobody oh, knows. Right. You, know? you wake up, you have a stroke, and then boom. Absolutely. So Absolutely. This resource as well as other resources, you know, available to you and to your significant other, partner, family member who's ever going to be taking care of you, 
what things are available from the VA and from the private sector if you find yourself in, you know, a position where you cannot do things alone. You need some assistance. Yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, I don't have a medical appointment with the VA, but I have an appointment with a, a very good friend of mine uh, who works for the VA, and uh, I can't wait to tell him a little bit about this show because it would be important to him to know a little bit about it in his position, uh, which is not, well, what well, might mean a lot to him, although he's not technically in the, um, I mean, he's not a doctor uh, over there, but... Uh, but he's friendly with the doctor. Maybe he could pass it on. I'm, I'm just hoping that the VAs all have uh, the ability for liaison with these programs, which they, they do have at their website, but it is limited. And also, I well, there was one question I did want to ask him, but I forgot. I think that uh, support dogs can provide a service to any child over the age of 16, uh, and there is a little bit more to their criteria, and I would think that person would have to provide to them a proof of their disability so that they could yes. yeah, you yeah. Know, adapt a dog. I needed yeah. a letter from my psychiatrist, oh. from my yeah. psychologist, and I, I think I needed a letter from my uh my regular uh, doctor, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, because of the balance and the PTSD issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody was really pretty good about it. I mean, you know, I oh, mean, my good. psychologist was great about it. And then my psychiatrist and the other doctor was a lot, a whole lot of VA, blah, de blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you They're know what Instead of talking to my, I stopped talking to my psychiatrist and I went to his nurse. And I said, I need you to fill, I need him to fill this out for this reason. And she's like, okay, I got it, no problem. <laughs> Good. Good. So that, that worked out well. Yeah. Well, I think and, a lot of VA doctors are afraid to sign anything these days unless it says VA on the top. <laughs> you know, it was just, I mean, uh, we have a bet, uh, I've had it right now that's having a problem like that, but I think the problem is not with the doctor, it might be with the form. And uh, I, I explained to the vet what I meant, uh, because uh, I have a friend, well, he's really not a friend, he was my plumber, he was trying to get the VA to declare him 100% disabled, and they would not do it. He doesn't even have a service-connected disability, but mm. they... and. They, and he's not on an NSC pension because he was working at the time. And he, he told me the last time I saw him, oh, I had a big fight over there down at Bass VA with that doctor. He refused to sign. I said, of course he refused. Right. He said, you work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it just frustrates me, uh, Keeper, that um, sometimes the VA doctors are right. <clears throat> you know, they are right. And uh, they don't deserve to be reported to the director or the uh, OIG, you know, when, see, because the guy said it was a state form. Uh, we're off the air, right? 
No, we're oh. on here. Huh? No, we're still live here. We're live, Berta. Cover your six. Well, now I kind of regret I talked about that, but the, the, the important thing is a lot of these forms for the state are for total disability. And a doctor can only make that judgment if they believe that the veteran by medical documentation is totally disabled. It might have been another type of form, but I, we have state forms like that in New York that my husband had to get signed by the VA. Right. Verify he was totally. Right. State disability, Social Security, you're either completely 100% disabled or you're not. The VA right. is the only one that I know of that does 10, 20, 30, 40, you know. It's yeah. either you yeah. can work or you can't. I mean, yeah. the litmus test is very easy. If you go to your doctor and you say, I need you to fill out this form telling the state that I'm 100% disabled, uh, the doctor's not going to do it if you're still working and there's no and he doesn't see any reason why he should take you off of work. So, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, and it's usually not a problem for veteran. I mean, they signed my husband's uh, waiver on a student loan in a heartbeat. But, of course, the doctor was looking at his last CMP exam and all the diagnosis that he had, and um, there was, you know, documentation right there that showed that he was totally disabled, but he, he was not service-connected for it at that time. Uh, and then 20 years later, they service-connected that, that specific disability 20 years later. But I, I got concerned because I don't think that we should... I, I felt that the veteran at had it was receiving the wrong advice without us knowing what that form was for. What was it for? Right. Well, and, you, you know, know, and that's going to happen. I mean, our community has 11,000 people in it. So, well, over 11,000 now. Uh, and we're, you know, we're occasionally going to get somebody who doesn't explain things correctly or, uh, God forbid, the occasional scammer. But usually they're, they, 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 let themselves be known, and I, I don't have a lot of time on the website. And, and let me make a point of this, just because I think it's critical that people understand this. Uh, the the mission of the website is to help veterans successfully adjudicate their claim, that they yes. get a success. Uh, now, everything else that goes on, you know, social chat, this and that, that's all just added stuff, but that's not the mission. So if you want to come on to the board and you want to be part of the help or you want help yourself or you just want to read the board because you need a sense of community, that's all good. If you want to discuss politics, Hadit.com is not the website for you. There are plenty of websites that to do that. You can even start your own website or blog if you want to. Uh, also, the website is not for people who want to post hypothetical, pejorative situations. 
such as, uh, I am really sick and tired of these vets who stub their toe in boot camp and then want 100%. Well, there is, you know, it's a hypothetical pejorative situation. I'm not, I'm not going to have my moderators, and this is what you have to understand, we have a few moderators in 11,000 community. Yeah. So, if a member is 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 so difficult to manage that it's mon, uh, monopolizing uh, most of the moderator's time on that user, and though we've contacted the user and we've asked them to pull back from the direction they're going in, and they are just not going to do it, then then we have no option but to to part ways with them because yeah uh, because the more time one monopoly monopolizes the time of a moderator, the less time the moderator has to moderate and help the rest of the veterans. And those are yeah. hard decisions that I have to make. But that's why I make them because yeah. you know some people. They and you know some. I mean, mo- by the time most people get to had it, they've had it, and they're pretty angry. Yeah. And you and they, you know, they can come, the first three or four posts they make can come across pretty angry. But usually, if we talk to them, you know, in private, message them and say, "Look, you know, here's a better way to do this," or you know, get your you know emotions in track and state what the problem is. Then, then we can help you. Uh, but it's it's a delicate, it's a balancing act. It really is. And uh, uh, oh, it is. It is. How, yeah, the, the moderator's time is extremely valuable. Uh, they're like gold. So yeah, uh, they keep everything going. And on the forums, you know. I mean, I do my part, but they're they're in the trenches. And, yeah. Uh, and I and I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, this moderator may be hard on me, or this moderator doesn't agree, or you know. Yeah. But there's only so much so much resources that we can dedicate to one individual veteran. And yeah. uh, I just wanted to put that out there. That really doesn't have to do with support dogs, but, you know, it does wow. come up from time to time. And since we had the extra time, and I, I know Gerald and I just talked about that the other day. What, what, Barta? Well, well, actually, Cheaper, sometimes I think it's good that we do talk about the fight, even though we're on the air. Uh, uh, one, one problem that I ha- I've noticed, uh, over the years, is that sometimes a question will be answered, but the question from the veteran wasn't quite read correctly. And I actually read some of the posts three or four times before I get it. Uh, and it's it's nobody's fault. Uh, in in uh, the days of mass te- communication, it is still often difficult. And actually, the friend I'm seeing at the VA later, we talk about this all the time. 
that we still, as a society, have an inability sometimes to completely communicate. Uh, he and I are um, involved in, uh, with a, a situation there that um, seems to be a communication problem. The veteran is telling me one thing and telling him another thing, and they're, they're both opposite things. And it may not be the veteran's fault at all. It may be their disability. But I do see it. I've had it from time to time. Uh, where there, And even people are not reading their remands carefully. Every word, to me, every word on paper I get from the VA, I go over it many, many times. And I think it's important. And, uh, and one thing for sure, I mean, I have gotten angry many times in the past uh, at the VA. You know, you just want to explode. And then I get to the point where I can't even see, see straight, I can't think straight, I can't find my glasses. You know, everything goes wrong. Uh, right. But I learned, I learned that that is defeating me. That anger is preventing me from looking at the denial or whatever it is and reacting to it calmly and in, a, in an effective way. I mean, the other day I, I sent an iris that was pretty, I was pretty PO'd. Sometimes, begins attention to yourself by being very firm with them. But uh, on the other hand, like the incident that I man- uh, mentioned at the board, um, it was a situation that could get way out of hand where a, a, a hurt a doctor who may, in fact, be correct in what he said to the veteran. But then I've noticed there's been a few situations lately where veterans are very upset with their doctors at the VA. Uh, and there are ways to handle those situations. I mean, one of my best friends, I mean, I've had to intervene for him with the patient advocate so many times. And he'll call her up and he'll give her, give her permission to talk to me and she'll call me. And then we talk it out and then she'll call him. And, but she's good. She'll call the doctor. She'll go and see the doctor if it's a major, major problem. Some of his problems are minor, but he has PTSD. And everything is catastrophic to him. Right. And this is a multi. thinkers. Huh? Huh? My therapist says I'm a very catastrophic thinker. Yeah. I I mean, everything has a, you know. And if your PTSD is not well managed, you don't get angry. You become enraged. You have a... An inappropriate yeah. amount of anger for the given situation, and yet you're yeah. unable to tap yeah. it down. Uh, I, and I saw this with my husband for years. Uh, you're right. Things can become catastrophic. Uh, he was not medicated for PTSD until a few weeks before he died. Um, yeah. he, he was a, a, afraid of any medicine. He thought that maybe he could handle it on his own, but he couldn't. And, um, no. No. you know, I but everything was, <laughs> I thought that too, Curtis. You guys I are fading a lot after of me. times it's just miscommunication. Uh, it, yes. it's, be, it's being in a position to ex- explain properly what you're trying to express, and um, uh, sometimes that can be difficult uh, for yes. some people. Yeah, it can. Uh, that's I, one reason I, I, I stay on the board. Down. Huh? I write my stuff. I write my stuff down before I go to the doctor. 
and I just read it. Sometimes I just hand her the piece of paper, answer these questions. Huh. Uh, because once I start talking, you know, then I'm starting to eat into my 15-minute one issue. Because that's how my appointments are. <laughs> you get 15 minutes and you can discuss one issue. If you have a second issue, you have to make a second appointment. Oh. oh. That's right. So I sit in the waiting room and I sort of triage myself. <laughs> and, of course, oh. I'm a doctor. So, yeah. huh. you know, and I don't even want to go anymore. I'm going to get Medicare Advantage or GAP or something. I just, I mean... I'll go see my psychiatrist and my psychologist, but I think I'm pretty much all done, you know, as soon as I can, you know, go to a private doctor, that's probably what I'm going to do, because it's a one-issue, 15-minute visit. Well, I want to ask you about my, oh, no, no, we're not talking about your leg today. Today, Um, you came in about your migraines or whatever, so, you know. And then it's just, and I'm not the only one because I've seen other people say one issue, 15 minutes, that's it. And they're doing that, the same thing to the psychiatrist. They're telling the psychiatrist they want him to see four patients an hour. So, boy. Oh, that's horrible. How can they, it is. How can they justify that? Well, uh, they, you know, it's, it's the basic, you know, you walk in, hello, hello. Uh, how those medications working for you? Okay, you feel like killing yourself? No. You feel like killing me or anybody else? No. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> and actually, in three months, you know, are you homicidal? Are you suicidal? How's your sleep? Flashbacks, nightmares. Well, boom, that's, boom, not boom. Per- that's not performing a service of any sort. Well, he's, you know, if you just think of your psychiatrist as someone who gives you your psychiatric medicine and your psychologist as who you do therapy with, then it's not so bad. Now, if I didn't have a psychologist, it would be, uh, he would he would probably see me more often. And, you know, but Boy. I... But that's, I mean, and, and, and I, know they've, I know they've directed that particular clinic, that PTSD clinic that they, from what I understand, they want them to see four patients in an hour or so, every hour. Boy. Cycle them in and out. So, Boy. and of course, there are going to be exceptions. If, you know, if you answer, yes, I'm suicidal, or yes, I'd like to kill you or somebody else, <laughs> Uh, your appointment's going to go a little long while they just going to play a wood. give you a personal ride to the mental facility. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> hey, listen, boy. It, and I, if you feel like you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else, please go along with them and go to the mental facility and get yeah. yourself stabilized so that you can make reasonable choices. I mean, I, I've been in the mental facility before for days because I've been suicidal, <coughs> and uh, and it was the safest place for me to be. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to go, but I knew I had to, so I just did. Well, how was the food? Huh? How was the food? The food, well, we had, yeah. Yeah, we had a... Uh, uh, 
uh, gray meat and brown meat. I think gray was pork, and I think brown was beef, and the food was uh, there, as was I. And uh, and then I talked to a woman. <laughs> so I happened the last time I had to go in. Uh, there was a woman I knew that had to go in also, just oddly enough. I just knew her in passing. She went into a civilian hospital, and into the civilian mental ward. And she was saying, oh, isn't it great? I mean, they give you like, you have a menu every day, and you can choose what you want to eat, and isn't that wonderful? I'm like, I wouldn't know. She's like, well, you know, and you got the hospital bed? I'm like, no, we don't got that. I'm like, we don't get a menu. We don't have a hospital bed. Uh, we sleep on a single bed that has, like, some drawers underneath it with a plastic mattress that's probably three or four inches thick, a sheet and a blanket. That's that's it. So okay. she had no – she was just like, what do you mean? I'm like – I'm like, what do you mean? You sound like you went to Fairyland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, we get three hots and a cot in our medications. Boy. So, well, be sure to get that gap insurance. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, it's worth having. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's perfect. I'm my family teases me all the time because I'm nothing if not overly insured and overly warranty. I buy a warranty on everything, and I use them. Uh, I uh, the problem with the warranties and insurance is if you don't use it, it doesn't pay for itself. Yeah. But I, I buy warranties and I use my insurance. I bought my, I bought an SUV, an Ford Escape last year. Like to uh, send a shout out to Dave Sinclair Four on South Lindbergh in St. Louis, Missouri, where they give you the deals you can count on. My family's been buying cars from them since the 60s. So uh, I bought this brand new car and I, 2013 escaped titanium because I'm titanium. You can knock me down. I just get right back up. <laughs> and uh, that, I just dodged the fucking bullets. Oh, sorry, boy. So anyway, <laughs> so I've had the car a couple months and I'm coming home from my therapist the other day and I... Getting on, merging on the freeway, which you can imagine, I'm already a little bit freaked out because, you know, driving is scary to me. And I, boom, I hit something and got a flat tire. I pulled oh. over to the side of the road. They have uh, this toll-free number you call. They send somebody out in like 20 minutes. They fixed my flat. I drove it straight to the dealership. And I bought this extended warranty, so I don't have to pay for anything. And also gap insurance for my car, in case it gets totaled, it'll pay the full amount off. They replaced, those are $300 tires. They replaced the whole tire and gave me a ride home, went back the next day, picked it up, cost me zero dollars. Right. 
Good. And my niece was like, it didn't cost you anything. I said, this is why you buy the warranties and you use yes. them. Yes. Because that tire just blew out. They couldn't patch Boy. it if they wanted to. Boy. So, uh, yeah, and so anything, any maintenance thing that goes wrong, other than oil changes, regular maintenance, and fuel, uh, they pay for it. So, yeah. Which is great for me because I don't need a lot of complications in my life. I mean, if I have to come up with $500 for something in my car that broke, I might not be able to use my car for six months while I'm trying to save $500. But with this, I pay extra yeah. every month, but I got the peace of mind. And yeah. like I said, I called that number, you know, 20 minutes at tops. It took them to get there, change the tire, and leave. Boy, so, boy, that's great, Cheaper, because uh, I have the warranty on my Jeep, and there's also some sort of a benefit that comes with the dealer on some of the stuff in addition to the warranty. But I've got ARPA uh, tow, and it costs me like 30 or 40 bucks a year, but they're good, too. I mean, I live in the sick. Yeah, and being alone, I don't want to be stuck anywhere without someone to call. Absolutely. You know, and, and everybody up here, they go to bed about 8 o'clock at night, these dairy farmers. I can't be waking right. people up. But uh, but I avoid going out at night anymore. So there's not many reasons I have to go out at night. But, well, even in the daytime, I mean, I'm in the boonies. I mean, I mean I've been yeah, on road I gotta here. T- i got to say, when I was coming home from the vet center, it is not in the best neighborhood in the world. So... I wanted somebody to get there and change that flat right away, and boom, they right did away. it. Right away. Yeah. Right away. And uh, so, no, I, I I think the extended warranty is great. I think Dave Sinclair Ford is great. Uh, Boy. I, this is the second Escape I bought from them, and maybe the fourth or fifth car. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you... Do a good job. I'm a very loyal customer to have. Yeah. I, I'm the same way with my car dealer. Well, his last name is Simmons. It's the Simmons Rockwell uh, car dealers. They're Dodge and everything. And I've tried to get a discount for years. You know, I'll say, well, Mr. Simmons is my son. He's my husband. He's my father. <laughs> and they, they, they just laugh. They just shake their head no discount when they see me. But, you know, but I stick with any uh, business that is fair to me. You know, I really do. I, I'm comfortable. They, I, I will never leave them, you know. Right. That's the but, same way I feel about mine. And, you know, I took Cinder with me to buy the car, and you know how long buying a car is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she just laid on the floor. She was happy as could be. And, of course, people wanted to come over and pet her and, 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 you know, I let some people pet her and other people I didn't because yeah. I just gauged my... If somebody seemed a little, like, you know, too, you know, like Boy. would want to get down and roll on the floor with her, I can't let her do that. But yeah. She draws a lot of attention. Boy. And, uh, and she was just good through the whole thing and over to the finance office and back. And oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Super cool. She likes the new SUV. She's got plenty of room in the back. Boy, I think we're about out of time here. 
Oh, we are out of time. Well, Fred, uh, if you want uh, to end the show, Gerald, out. You, Gerald, you take it away from here. I'll just be quiet. Okay, the okay, show's I'll, ending I'll, here, so... I'll, I'll uh, play the ending, okay, Gerald? Huh? I'll play the ending. Go ahead. You've been listening to the com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show. Well, I want to thank you, uh, T-Bird, you and Berta, for blessing us with your presence here today. And uh, I want everybody out there to know that... uh, uh, if they have any questions about veterans' issues, uh, please uh, t- uh, go to the com website, and I'm certain uh, you'll be able to get your questions resolved. So this will be Gerald Cook with the uh, It podcast uh, uh, show, and we'll be signing off for now.